0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o
1: Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In our Gospel reading, Peter confessed Jesus to be the Christ. Uh, This is important and life-changing, even eternally so, because it is by our confession of Jesus as the Christ that we are saved. However, as we also heard, Peter ran into some difficulty when Jesus spoke about his upcoming cross. Today, we will talk about what happened with Peter and how this also applies to us today as Jesus' followers. We'll begin with the story. Jesus was going to the villages of Caesarea Philippi with his disciples and he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they began to tell him what they had heard people saying. Some said, John the Baptist, others Elijah, others one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked them, well, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter responded for all of them and said, you are the Christ. That is a special answer. The word Christ means anointed one. And the way that people were made into kings in the Old Testament was by being anointed with oil. Peter is saying that Jesus is king, but not just any ordinary king. God made promises in the Old Testament about a great king who would arise. He would be the descendant of Abraham and of David he would put an end to injustice and wickedness and he would bring about righteousness and peace. Peter's answer therefore you are the Christ is of enormous significance. He is saying that Jesus is this great king. Peter does well with his confession of who Jesus is. What happens Next, though, throws a wrench into Peter's thoughts about Jesus being the Christ. Jesus began to tell them what would happen to him, how he would suffer, how he would be rejected by the chief priests and scribes and elders, and he would be killed. After three days, he would rise again. This was not what Peter had in mind for his beloved king. Stuff like that doesn't happen to kings. And what good could this suffering and dying possibly serve? Peter rebuked Jesus. Jesus rebuked Peter right back. He used very harsh language. He said, get behind me, Satan. I'm not aware of Jesus ever calling anyone else that terrible name. He explained why he called him that. He said, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. These words are key. They identify a great divide. A person can set his or her mind on the things of God or on the things of man. What does it mean to set your mind on the things of God or on the things of man? Let's begin with the things of God. The things of God are bound up and centered in Jesus the Christ. He is God's beloved Son. And what does this king do? You already heard very important things this king did. He suffered many things, was mistreated, killed, and rose again. You are aware of the goodness that this king accomplished by doing that, because we talk about that a lot. Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection brought about the verdict of forgiveness for sinners. Sinners who otherwise would die and go to hell for their sins instead are not just forgiven but received as beloved children of God for Jesus' sake. Jesus' work as king, however, did not end with his death and resurrection 40 days after he rose from the dead he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. That is where he reigns and rules as king now. The way that he reigns and rules his spiritual kingdom now is through the testimony of God's word by Christians like you and me. These Christians are scattered far and wide all over the earth. These Christians have been given the Holy Spirit. They believe the gospel. They urge others to believe in the good news of this king and to follow him. When the last person whom God has chosen is brought to faith, then Jesus will come again. When Jesus comes again, he will judge so that goodness and evil will be identified and separated. Evil will be confined in hell. Those who believed in Jesus will receive their inheritance as co-heirs with Christ. All things will be placed under Jesus' feet at that time, and then Jesus will hand over the kingdom to God the Father, so that God will be all in all. These are the main points of the things of God upon which we should set our minds. What are the things of man? What Jesus means by the things of man is the way that man operates after the fall into sin. Already in Genesis, you can see the things of man by the way that Adam and Eve lived after they disobeyed God. I don't think that they were exactly happy but they tried to make the best of the situation. They fixed problems. They were ashamed of their nakedness and so they sewed together some fig leaves. Life went on. So it was also for Cain, their son, and Cain's descendants. After they were rejected by God, they tried to make the best of things. They discovered new things. They made instruments that greatly improved their quality of life. Peter, when he was setting his mind on the things of man, perhaps thought that Jesus, as an earthly king, would be good for life here on this earth. Instead of him suffering and dying, seemingly accomplishing nothing, he could get busy. He could gather together an army. He could make inroads with the people in power. And if luck was on their side, they might manage to bring Israel back to its former glory. And so it is also today. We try to make the best of things. We've discovered lots of useful things. Like the men before us, we try to push the ball forward. We try to make progress. Jesus rebuked Peter by saying that he was setting his mind on the things of man instead of the things of God. Perhaps when Jesus told his disciples that he was going to suffer and be killed and rise again, that sounded to Peter as though he were going backwards. That's how suffering generally sounds to us. We try to get rid of suffering We try to solve problems. It sounded wrong that suffering should remain, especially under the rule of this long-awaited, very special king. Jesus, however, knew things that we don't know. He knew that our fundamental problems could not be fixed by any amount of reforms or by the wisest and most capable of kings. Our problems are too deep for that. We needed to be redeemed. That was why Jesus suffered, died, and rose again. And this was good, not bad. It was how sinners were set free. But Jesus' teaching on the cross was not just for him. He goes on to teach the disciples about the life that they were to live. Suffering would remain for them too. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. We can understand these words according to what Jesus told Peter as well. We are to set our mind on the things of God instead of on the things of man. To set our mind on the things of God is to recognize that He is King. He's the one who's in control and not us. He might put a cross on us. God's understanding of goodness is different than our understanding of goodness we might identify something as good that is in fact not good, or vice versa, something that's evil that is in fact very good. Take, for example, the problem of being a disciple of Jesus. Being a disciple of Jesus is a problem because it means that we won't always fit in. Jesus didn't always fit in and look what they did to him. Jesus' apostles didn't always fit in. They were severely mistreated. Disciples of Jesus will never completely fit in because we believe in and we testify to the gospel. We believe that Jesus is the King who will set all things right. The reason why this means that we will never fit in is because it will always be seen as though we're raining on the parade of earthly dreams. Man is always dreaming of making a paradise here on this earth. And by testifying that Jesus is the Christ, we are also saying that all these other reforms are at best half measures, they're destined to peter out. They can never really succeed. The gospel is always an indictment against setting your mind on the things of man. Although Jesus' message was not always welcome to everyone, Jesus did not change it. People went away from him. People got angry at him. He's going to remain the king that he is. Jesus is open about the suffering that we will undergo as his disciples. Suffering will remain. And if you won't deny yourself, and if you won't take up your cross and follow him, then you won't be his disciple. It's as simple as that. When the prospect of suffering rears its ugly head, you will betray him to save your own skin. Be prepared, therefore. Jesus says several times, be sober and watchful. That means be sensible. Have realistic expectations. Don't be surprised when suffering comes upon you. You might be tempted to think that there is some way that we could fix Christianity so that you don't have to suffer. Maybe you can make it so that you don't offend anyone or nobody ever feels bad by anything that you should ever say. A lot of Christians make this a very high priority for their life of faith. I submit to you though that they are probably doing something similar to what Peter was thinking of doing in our reading today. Peter was trying to fit Jesus into this mold of his own making. Then the king would work well for him and solve his problems and go a long way to creating some kind of paradise here on this earth, at least a paradise according to Peter's thinking. And so also today, Christianity can be edited to curry favor with this segment of the population or to avoid persecution from that segment of the population. This song and dance, however, is a far cry from the bold and simple confession of Peter, you are the Christ. We do not need to play tricks with what we say. We do not need to figure out how to be also clever like we so often do with our worldly pursuits. We need the truth. The plainer and simpler the truth, the better. Then let the Holy Spirit do His work. And if it should so happen that we then receive a cross, so be it. God will work good through that cross, even if we aren't able to see that goodness. God willing, and by God's grace, we will keep on believing in this King and we will keep on confessing that Jesus is the Christ despite the cross and by that confession we will be saved. Please stand. The peace of God that transcends all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.